Blog Talk Radio. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Hi everyone, it's Chatting with Nat. And today we have the honor of having singer, rapper, and songwriter Michelle Lilly. Michelle Lilly is a New York singer, rapper, and songwriter. She has released albums and singles worldwide. Michelle has performed on live TV in sold-out stadiums, clubs, and events around the world and has been a coach on X Factor Seasons 8 and 13. She has worked with some of the biggest names in the business from Adam Clay to Dr. Felix, Spankers, and Miyaku. She has been featured in various magazines from Oprah's O Magazine to an exclusive editorial in Playboy Italy. Let's give her a round of applause. Hi, Michelle. Hello. Oh, I'm doing amazing. Thank you for having me on the show. How are you? Oh, you know, I'm surviving in a crazy world. (laughs) I think we all are. It's uh, whoosh, yeah. every day. Every day, there's something new. I mean, but how are you doing in this crazy, crazy world? Girl, I'm there with you. Just trying to survive in this crazy world. I hear you on that one. But I guess music is our savior, right? We, it brings Amen. me the sanity that I need. Amen to that. Amen to that. Now, one yeah. of the things I always like to bring up is the fact it is our crazy world because we've been through so much. Um, in the past mm-hmm. three years, hell, we're still going through a lot. But um, the question, this is the question that I like to ask. Obviously, we've gone through a pandemic, COVID, tsunamis, um, cicadas, uh, Roe versus Wade. We've gone through um, mass shootings. We still go through that every single day. Um, there's so many things that we have gone through. And a lot of them have been horrific. And some things have been great in the past three years, four years. I tried to look at the positive. Um, Obviously, COVID Mm -hmm. was a bad time. Uh, We were locked down and people died, lost limbs, had long-term COVID. I myself had COVID three times, um, had Mm long-term COVID as well. But there have been positives through that. Um, You had many people that I saw, you know, family members walking together. That shouldn't be strange. But it was strange because, you know, people are always in this fast-paced thing in this world. Um, You know, we weren't out there for the longest time, so the pollution level went down. So, you know, the trees and the animals are probably happy that we weren't there. You had people that quit their jobs. What the pandemic did is they made people realize, oh, my gosh, this is not what I want to do with my life. I have to do something that's more aligned with my mission, my destiny. I need to be happy while I'm working. You know, I know I need food to eat. I need clothes on my back. I need roof over my head, but I need to be happy while doing it. Some some of my colleagues, mm-hmm. you know, cut back on hours of work because they, they saw that they weren't spending enough time with their loved ones. And artists like you and I decided to either create an EP, an album, release a single, do more tracks, or some people decided music is not for them. So what I'm trying to get mm-hmm. out is that there was a lot, lot of self, you know, self-evaluation. People were starting to look at their lives and starting to really think about what they wanted to be, how they wanted to be represented, what they wanted to create. So during this time, this crazy time, did you take um, time for self-introspection? Um, did you decide, okay, Michelle Lilly is who she is. I'm not changing a darn thing. Or did you think about, okay, this is what I'd like to change. This is what I'd like to do. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I I personally had COVID three times as well, just like you. You're actually <laughs> the only other person I know that has said that. <laughs> uh, my, myself is, yeah, exactly, together with my entire family, my husband, my daughter. 
Uh, my daughter was actually hospitalized for a month. Um, she was oh. severely ill from COVID, yeah, and she was only a baby then. She was a year and a half old, so it was very, very scary times. And I think COVID really put life into perspective. You start caring less about all those material things, and right. you just start realizing what's important in life. And definitely, mm. you know, family is number one, and that whole support system around you is really very important. And right. I took the opportunity to stay home with my with my daughter, and first and foremost for health reasons, right? Uh, right. but secondary because I realized, you know, these moments, we will never get them back again. You know, she's yeah. going to be growing. She's going to turn into a little lady. And then she's going to be like, mom, I don't want to hang out with you. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I hope she will. I hope I'll be a cool mom that she'll love to hang out with me, but you never know. So I said, you know what, let me take this as something positive. You know, let's not focus on the negative, as you said. And I said, well, right. maybe I can just really be there for her and, you know, go through all the first steps and first words and, and and when I did work, you know, I brought her with me to the studio right. when I was recording new music or if I had to leave the house for something, I brought her with me and there was no babysitters or anything, you know, so that was very special, actually. Hmm. Um, so that was my big, my big plus. And also as well with my husband, you know, there were some couples, they would say that like COVID the highest number of divorces or right. <laughs> but it, in my case, you know, I married my soulmate. So it really made us even stronger, and we shared beautiful moments as well. So that was that was very positive. And at the same time, uh, I was able to write an entire album during COVID because you know right. we were all home. I wasn't touring at all, so mm. my entire last album, Pop, I wrote basically at home through COVID times where I was able to self-reflect, as, as you say, said, and, and dug deep into who is Michelle Lilly now? Who was she before? Who is she becoming? And who is she now? And I think that my last body of work reflects me as a person and as an artist more so than any other body of work I've put out there. So I actually have to yeah. say thank you to COVID in that sense. Right? I, I, yeah. I, think, I think that a lot of people can say, Thank you to COVID to a certain degree because of the degree, fact yeah. that you get to sit down for a year and say, okay, I, let me tell you something. I think a lot of things work in mysterious ways because I was working at a place where I wanted to, I wanted to leave for the longest time and uh, COVID came and we were on lockdown and I was still working from home and um it really allows me to really take that big step and just say adios. So I completely yes. understand uh, where you're coming from. Um, that's, that's, that's the pro of the COVID. Um, it allowed a lot of people to really say, what do I want in life? How do I want to be perceived um, in this crazy world of ours? Um, and, and, you know, and then you had the restless people, you know, people, once marching and protesting started, people were out there like, oh, I can get out. Well, I'm going to start <laughs> protesting and marching. I'm not afraid. Everybody else is doing it. Let's go. Um, mm -hmm. Now, how did you get into the music industry? Was it something that you saw, that you heard? Did you come out of the womb? Did you say, hey, I'm here. I'm going to be doing music. Um, how did you? How did you discover this whole passion of yours? That's a very good question. I literally came out of the womb with a All microphone right. in my hand. That's what I say. <laughs> I was born to sing, made to rap. That's what I always said. Um, but my first, you know, big, um, the thing that really stuck out to me, that moment where I said, okay, this is for me, is when I was four years old, I was on a trip with my mom and my sister in Spain, in Malaga, and we were in the hotel. And I was just like any little kid singing around, you know, in the elevator, I think I was singing something like The Rain in Spain or something. And it turns out the uh, hotel manager was in the elevator with us. And mm. I actually remember it vividly. He stopped my mom in the elevator was like, this young lady is so small. She's like four, but she has such a big voice. I would love to put her in the hotel show tonight. Would she be up for it? Oh, and I was like, yes, yes, yes. I wasn't scared at all. And I remember they put me on stage with a pianist, and I sang I Could Have Danced All Night from the musical, My oh. Fair Lady. And 
for a four-year-old to do that, you know, it's like, where did that even come from? Right. But I did it, and I remember coming off of stage, and I just saying to my mom, wow, that was amazing. This is what I have to do in my life. I'm going to be a singer. <laughs> so that's, like, the big moment. And then just life took me down that path, and right. I signed my first record deal when I was 15, and then I moved to Italy when I was 20, and I, I signed mm-hmm. my first, like, major record deal um, to release my first official album rather than just, like, singles and projects beforehand uh, and, and released my debut album in 2009. And ever mm-hmm. since then, and that was released for the European market, and ever since then, I just never stopped. That's awesome. I love, I love stories like that. Thank you. you believe in yourself. You. And you go Absolutely. forward. Now, who are your favorite rap artists? You know, I grew up with the Wu-Tang Clan and Slick Rick mm-hmm. back in mm-hmm. the day. I'm from Queens, New York. And so my sister and I would be in the car blasting music and the windows down going over the bridges. Like, I remember those days. So I think I was highly influenced by them and then by, like, Lil Kim. And, and then, obviously, the modern-day rappers like Cardi B. I think she's amazing. Um, Nicki Minaj. Yeah, so there's so many great rappers out there. So let me ask you this. <laughs> this is this is, this was such a controversial sh- um, moment on TV. I don't know if you watched the um, the Grammys at all, um, but a couple years back, um, you had okay. Was it Card- it was Cardi B and Megan The Stallion, and they did a performance. Okay. Um, and it caused such an uproar because you know they're very sexual, and so a lot yeah. of uh, people uh, were so upset. Oh my gosh, that's not for TV. Blah, 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 blah. You know, all, all that stuff, <laughs> all that jazz. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, it ran into, I'm like, my God, I, I was watching discussions on Facebook. Didn't, didn't put my two cents in until somebody said something stupid. Um, how do you view uh, the ladies of rap? Well, some of them, because some of them can be, you know, they like to emphasize their sexuality, which I think is there's nothing wrong with that. And then you have people like Queen Latifah, old school uh, female rappers that are not just not like that. Um, yeah. You think that people are allowed to show their artistic ways in the way that they want? Do you think there's something wrong with it? What are your feelings on that? I absolutely believe that everyone should showcase their art in the way that they want to, you know, because at the end of the day, whether you're a rapper, singer, you know, whether you're a painter, it's a form of mm-hmm. art, right? It's, you, it's right. your creative side. So if that's what, if that's part of who you are and that's the image that you want to portray as an artist, I say go for it. And, you know, no one on that stage at the Grammys is a nun, <laughs> So, I mean, you know, to each is one zone, and if they don't like it, they are very welcome to change the channel. No one is making them watch it. I personally, you know, I have some, you know, album covers where I'm dressed a little more risque and some where I'm not. And, you know, I've had my fair share of performances where I've worn, you know, very sexy outfits. Mm-hmm. And I've toned it down a little bit since becoming a mom, but not because someone told me to do that. I right. just decided that, you know, I'm I'm at this part of my career where mm-hmm. I don't really want to be showcasing my body, you know, for views, right. shall we say. You know, I think we can be sexy even wearing like a sweatshirt, right, or exactly. little to no makeup, as opposed to maybe the older version of me back in the day thought I needed like a full head of, you know, glam, makeup, strong makeup, sexy attire to be noticed. Right. But now I'm just kind of like, you either like my voice and you like my artistry or you don't, right? So I think well, that's who I am, right? But I don't put anybody down who wants to do that. And, of course, it all depends on the project, right? Because right. I might release an album that's, that has one mood, right, and then a, a single or a project that has a total different mood, and I might be like, you know what? This song calls for extra sexy attire in the music right. video or something. So I think that's another form of artistry you're allowed to change you don't have to be always the same version of you. So if you're wearing something risque at the Grammys, that doesn't mean that you're just a, 
a walking billboard for that image. You can go right. to the Met Gala and wear a, a gown, right? A couture gown. So I just, that's the way I've always thought and that's who I am and I'll, I'll never change regardless of what the public thinks. And you touched on something that's so, that's so dear to my heart is the word art. So, you know, in the music uh, industry, uh, <laughs> there are many genres, obviously, and some of these genres are such a stickler for keeping a certain format to writing. Country music has it. Sometimes pop has it. I know that jazz has it. Um, and some of these genres, I feel they don't know that music evolves over time. My whole thing is to start a revolution to show uh, music, to demonstrate music as an art form, okay? Because right now it doesn't showcase as an art form. It's just like, oh, my God, you got to be like this. You got to be like that. Oh, you got to write this. If you don't write this, it's wrong. Um, When we go to an art gallery, we can look at different forms of art and appreciate that art. I would like uh, people to get to a point where they can appreciate music. You know, music is subjective. Everybody's not going to like everything. That's just known. And the thing that I hate the most is when somebody writes a piece of song, they're like, well, it's not like this, not like that. No, it's not going to work. How do they know? (laughs) Um, Or you have to write a certain way so that it can be played on radio. That's boring. Um. Music should be treated like art. There, I hate people that write the same thing way all the time. If you listen to radio, you will hear the same time over and over and over and over and over again. There's no uniqueness. Now, if you want to hear something different, you can go on all these streaming platforms. You can go on social media, blah, 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 and you'll find uniqueness. You'll find uh, artists that are trying to do their own thing. And this is what I appreciated. Back in the day, I used to only listen to the, you know, the music part of things. Now I truly listen to to lyrics. And I'm always in awe of some of the artists that use certain types of words that you never think would somebody would put in a song and stuff like that. Um, and music is an art form that is so beautiful because some people really create from their soul, from the depths of their soul to bring out something so beautiful and so interesting and so divine that it touches so many people out there. And I always tell people that artists like you and I um, and many others in the world, we have a superpower because music has the power yeah. to heal mountains. It, 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 people put on music when they're angry, when they're sad, when they're joyful, when they don't know what to do. Um, we have that superpower. We give people that. So why not allow people to make up their own decision about what they want to hear instead of listening to the same old thing all the time? Now, how important is it for you to be authentic as a person and in your music? Completely. It's it's so important to me. I'm actually so happy that you're asking me this question because – you know, I, I feel like I deal with this all the time um, because I do pop music, but everyone mm-hmm. says, oh, pop, and they think, okay, I'm blonde, and then they start thinking, right. Britney Spears, pop music. I'm like, no, I say pop because it's popular music, right? right? But ultimately, if you listen to all of my music that I release, it stems from different genres. There are some rap songs that have, you know, hip-hop influence, and there's R&B mm-hmm. tracks. There's piano ballads with, like, high notes and, you know, Whitney-type vibes. Right. Hopefully (laughs) Hopefully that's the vibe that the public is hearing. Um, And then there'll be, like, a reggae track on the album. Mm. There's even a song that I did, like, an acoustic guitar, you know, in one of my other albums. And I just like to play with different genres. And I sing in different languages as well. I sing in English. I sing in Italian. I just recently released my first official song completely written and uh, written by me and performed by me in Italian because I've collaborated with other artists in Italian. Right. It's never, you know, a complete song in Italian um, released by myself. So 
it's very important for me to just be myself, and I never follow any of the trends. I release albums that sound good to me, whether the songs have been made, you know, recently, or sometimes I go into, like, my database of music, and I'll find, like, old songs that have never been released, and I'll be like, this is good. This needs to hear the light of day. <laughs> like, on my album, Pop, there was a song called Paint the Picture, and it was a beautiful mm-hmm. song, but it wasn't commercial in any way, and it never really right. came out. And I said, you know what, this album pop has a lot of dance tracks. There's pop star that has rap. There's come with me that has this Latino vibe. Everything is very fun. And I was like, I need something that's, that brings the soul, right? So I put in mm-hmm. paint the picture. That was an older song that I had done years before. I put in butterfly um, without you. That was new, but I said, I don't want to follow cookie cutter format. Right. I'm just going to throw in whatever songs sound good to me obviously in an order that flows and I'm just going to be my authentic self as an artist and actually record labels hate that because they're like you have to stick with one genre and go with it and I'm like no I don't (laughs) but that's that's why I'm an artist because I'm allowed to showcase my art and my art is influenced by many different genres so Mm -hmm. yeah thank you for asking me that question it's so important to me to be my authentic self Amen. That's, yeah, I wrote a song called Authentically Me. I got it tattooed on me. I'm all about it. <laughs> authenticity oh, is wow. the key. Oh, wow. Yeah, it, authenticity it. is the key. Um, so during the lockdown, you know, boy, did I, I did all these webinars. Boy, did I have time to do all that stuff. Now I don't. Um, but one of the things I learned about TikTok is that um, I took, it was like TikTok Cap University. And they were telling us that the the videos that do the the best are the ones where people are being authentic. So when real people are doing things, people are like, oh, I can do that too. But when they see a mainstream artist or an actor, actress, they're like, okay, they're doing that. No, I can't. So people can relate to stuff that they can go into their kitchen and learn how to do something rather than looking at a an artist. That's, you know, like Megan Trainer. She's always on there doing it. She came up with a viral dance and stuff like that. And people are going to copy that. But they don't look at it the same as a regular person just doing regular things. You know, people going on there, they might be sad one day. Yeah. And they're on there talking and boom, they, they've got a million views on it because they're just being real. And that's the other thing that um, the pandemic did, the lockdown, is that people wanted realness you know after all the election crap and all that stuff people wanted real news they wanted to see something that could someone or something that could give them hope rather than have to deal with this i don't know if this is true or not crap (laughs) um and authenticity is just so important in our world um you know, when people are authentic, sometimes in, in, in um, high school and, you know, grade school and stuff like that, some of those kids can't understand it because in, in those kind of ages, um, the, there's a lot of peer pressure and stuff like that. And I think that if kids were taught early on to be their authentic selves and not care about what other people think, um, those pre- preschool to, I don't know, high school um, those kids would be in a better place. You wouldn't see so much bullying um, out there in the world. Um, authenticity is so important. It, you shouldn't want to be like an, anybody else. You can look at somebody and say, oh, my God, that's really cool. I'm so proud of that person. But I think the bottom line is that you have to find the thing that moves you, the thing that's going to make you happy. Um, because Absolutely. if you can't love yourself, um, nobody else is going to love you. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm going to play your song, Pop Star. Tell me what that's about. Oh, super exciting. So Pop Star is the first single off the album, Pop. And it's kind of me talking to myself because I had a moment where I thought I was done with the music industry. I thought I wanted to stop. I was over it. I always love music, but I I let the industry part of it get to my head, and I hate it. I actually hate all the, you know, the politics behind the music. I just want to make music, right? I just want to sing. So I had a moment that I was like, I'm over it. I'm done. But then I thought to myself, how dare I 
cut the dream of my child self, right, that just dreamt of being a pop star. Because I remember sitting there on the windowsill overlooking the New York skyline, and I lived in Queens, and I was right across the bay from Manhattan skyline. And I used to sit in my windowsill every single night and, like, sing in the windowsill and close the curtains and listen to the acoustics. And it was, like, my dream. And I'm like, how dare I take that dream away from that little girl? And I think I had to bring it back a notch and remember why it is that I do what I do, right? It's not about the music industry. It's not about views or clicks or numbers, sales, none of that. It's about what's in my heart and soul. And I worked so hard to get to the point where I'm at, right? So I said, no, I absolutely belong to be there, just like everybody else. So pop star is a little bit of, of the pop star version of me talking to that person that wants to give up and saying no keep going right so it's it's a very fun concept um a little dark but it turns out very light and positive the positive um message awesome let's play it
And so if I am in a sad, down kind of mood, I'll write a sad song. If I'm in a happy kind of mood, I will write a happy song. And I think that helps a lot. So first and foremost, being in the right mood of the song itself that you're going to write helps. Secondary, um, yes, I do write all my music, lyrically speaking, and I co-produce in the sense that I decide, you know, the the layout of the piece. Like, okay, we're going to do the intro here or here. I'm going to do the doubles, and then this is going to be the bridge. But I do not produce the beats themselves. I wish I knew how to do that, (laughs) maybe one day, but that I don't know how to do. So usually what I do is I have my you know, um, go-to producers, people that I've loved to collaborate with over the years. And I'll be like, okay, let's say it's an album. I'll say, send me some stuff. And they obviously know my vibe and things that I like. So they'll send me a bunch of things. And I'll pick out the beats that I think mostly represent me and that I think vocally will be a good match. And then I just keep them there on my computer. And when I'm in that, you know, happy mood, I'll look for that beat that says happy. And I'll just start writing. And it's so funny because... I either can't write at all, like nothing will come out, but when I get an idea and have to write a song, literally most of the times the songs are done in like an hour, and I'm just like in this almost like a trance, like something takes over me, and everyone's always like, how do you do that? It was like an hour ago there was no song, and now it's like the entire thing is is done. Like where does it come from? And I honestly couldn't tell you. (laughs) It's just like in me. Oh, I get it. I mean, um, when, when somebody says, or I'm working on my own music, or somebody asks me to write something, I can't be forced to write that. Nothing's coming out. Nothing. Exactly. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> nothing's coming out. I will stare at the screen, or I still write on yes. paper, like I still write on paper, like touch the paper. Um, nothing. Me too. I'll yell at the screen, yell at the paper, and say, okay, screw this. I'm going to bed. And the next day, <laughs> things will just flow. It will just, I'm like, oh, where yeah. were you yesterday? Okay, I understand this. I had to relax, and then the, the, the songs just flowed. Um, I think that we sometimes overthink things that are like, oh, my God, nothing's coming through. And then when you're relaxed, you're like, okay, oh, well, what was I worrying about? No, I completely, completely understand that. Um I wrote for somebody uh, a couple of years ago. We still have to put the single out. Um, person came to me. I had never written something for anybody else. And I was like, oh, my gosh, how, how do I even do this? But he had a theme, and I was able to work around the theme. Um, it's just an interesting concept because when I write songs myself, my songs are about the world. Um, I, I write social impact message songs. And um it was just a different take and different spin. Now, do you ever write songs about what's going on in the world, like social impact message songs? Um, yes and no. Maybe not directly, but indirectly mm. I might, you know, mention something. Like I had a song called One World that mm. I released on the two albums ago on my album Shine, and it really talked about just the world being messed up and how we need – to come together and, you know, the concept of war is just has no point, you know, especially with what we're going through nowadays. It's just, it, there's no good that comes out of war at all. And, you know, all these children that are suffering and families and people, if we can just love one another and learn to love one another or just be a better person and spread love, give love, receive love as well, then ultimately we can be one world. But as as long as we keep pointing fingers at one another and um, judging and criticizing and being Mm -hmm. negative, we'll never have one world. So that song was a very special song for me. Yeah. I agree 100%. But what do you think about this? There are a lot of artists that feel like, oh, my gosh, if I write anything political or anything going on in the world, it might alienate my fans. Now, my thing is that if your fans know you, they're not going to care. There might be one or two that might, oh, my God, I didn't know they believed in this. Um, I think it all goes back to authenticity. Would you rather Absolutely. be a real, real true artist or do you want to pander to what you think people want to hear. You know, I'm not, I'm definitely not afraid to write songs about what's going on in the world because I could care less. This, this, is, this is how I speak. This is how I write. This is who I am. You know, I want to make music that makes a difference in the world. You know, that's what I want to be remembered for. 
So what do you think about people that write about, you know, some of the serious issues around the world? I mean, this is what they used to do back in the 70s, even in the 60s. Absolutely. I mean, I'm all for it. I personally, as as I said before, I've never really dived into it right. completely. I've never really, you know, mentioned very specific things in my songs, but that doesn't mean that I won't. Actually, you're inspiring right. me right now to maybe be like, hmm. <laughs> but um, yeah, there's there's always room for reflection in a song, and I just, like I said, I write what I'm feeling at that moment. Right. And um, if I feel very strongly about a subject matter, why not put it in a song? Absolutely. I'm all for it. And as you said, if the, if the public isn't receiving it the way they should, then right. they'll find another song to listen to. It doesn't matter, That's but you're right. doing it for you. This is That's your right. legacy that you're leaving. Your music is your legacy. It's like building a house. Who, who are they to tell you how you can build your own house, right? You mm-hmm. lay your own bricks, right, and, and form lay your, your own house. Foundation. That's right. Amen. Absolutely. Um, now I'm going to play Come With Me featuring Mayule. Tell me, tell me what that's about and how did that collaboration come about? So Mayule and I know each other from when I lived in Italy for 10 years. He was a good friend of mine and he's from Cuba and now I'm located in Miami. So I, mm-hmm. I really wanted to get into the Latino market. I wanted to do a song. I wanted to do something really fun on the album. Also, because as I said, I had some piano ballads and I had some dance right. tracks and then I had some hip hop and R&B. And I was like, you know what? I just need a fun party song that I can blast in Miami Beach <laughs> and just just think about nothing, just dance and have a good time. So I invited him to collaborate on the song with me. And it, I think it's really a great tune and it just makes you forget all the stress of your everyday. And I think it just transports you to a, to a beach somewhere or in the Caribbean. And that's what it's supposed to do. I love it. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> hey. Uh, yeah. Astro Boy. Michelle Lily.
laid back. Michelle, Lily, you know, you know. That is my type of music. Oh, I love it. Thank you. I lo- absolutely love that. And like, yeah, I get the Miami vibe. <laughs> I, I, that's, all I, that's all I could envision. I'm like, yep, that's what I'm feeling right now. It's fantastic. Um, Woohoo. Mission accomplished. <laughs> Thank you. Fantastic. Now, you said, so you mentioned in your bio that you were on X Factor seasons eight and 13. How was that experience? So I wasn't a contestant on X Factor. I was actually no, a, as coach. a coach. As a coach, yeah, as a coach. Yes, yes. It, the experience was beautiful. I'm really happy I got to do that. Um, but I think between the eighth season and the thirteenth season, it was very much different. Mm. Um, the eighth season, I was brought in and worked um, specifically with two artists in general, okay. and I was more hands-on. Like I went with them to the studio and. Um, one of the challenges on the show towards the end, the semifinale, was they had to write their own song. And I sat there with them and, and co-wrote the songs, you know, helped them. I guided them, right? And, and we wrote it together. Um, and that was a beautiful thing to do as well. And to work with these young, you know, aspiring artists, once again, it brought me back to understanding, oh, yeah, I remember when I was, you know, at that age and wanting to do music and it was just beautiful it was a beautiful experience um and then the second time around in season 13 uh it was totally different in that in that sense I was the official coach for the entire show for all of the contestants and they brought me in to work based on you know what they needed to be right helped with whether that be their you know their ability to sing or their pronunciation this was in uh, x-factor Italy so it wasn't the American one um so I worked with a little bit of everyone it was different, but it's funny actually because I was supposed to be on the 12th season instead of the 13th, and nobody knows this, but uh, I'm sharing something quite interesting, um, and I'm sure you'll appreciate this as well to know that because I was pregnant at the time when we were in talks to do the show, mm-hmm. and I didn't think I was going to pop by then, and yeah. the show was supposed to be October 2018, and I had my daughter in September 2018. And so I was like, okay, she'll be like a month old, not a big deal. She'll be, she'll be fine to fly. You know, she'll be a month old. It's no big deal. And they said, no, no, wait a minute. You're not allowed to. Oh, my God, you had the baby. <laughs> we can't allow you to come here to the show. I'm like, well, what do you mean I want to work? <laughs> you know, like I have that New York hustle, like that mentality, like, no, no, I'm good. <laughs> and they're like, no, you don't understand. Uh, it's Italian law. You, you have mandatory um, maternity leave. And I'm like, no, no, but you don't understand, but I don't want it. It's fine. And they're like, no, but you have to. So, and I was like, what? And they're like, yeah, for eight months, it's it's mandated by law. And I think that, I just wanted to note this because it it changed my perspective on a lot Mm. of things. And I realized, wow, this country, you know, in many other countries in the world, they have maternity leave. And right. here in America, we don't. We don't. You know, the mother, as long as she's physically able to go back to work, right. she she's expected wow. to. And I said, wow, you know, we can learn and grow from something like this. And then I was like, okay, well, you know what? No one's giving me a, man- a mandatory maternity leave, but I think I'll make one for myself, which is why I then, you know, took some time off and stopped touring and, and things and really dedicated myself to my daughter and my family. And it was really important to me. So, yeah, sorry. I wanted to it was, sneak that in there and, and make a political stance on it. That's right. We That's, should have yeah. mandated maternity leave. Amen. I agree with you. Now, you also own your own record label, Lily Entertainment. Um, do you have artists under that? Is it just you? At the moment, it's just me. I um Open Lily Entertainment in 2017, and I've released my uh, latest singles and last two albums on that record label. That doesn't mean that I won't sign other artists in the future. I'm definitely up, you know, open to it. But as far as I'm concerned, as of right now, I've only released my own music or collaborations with other artists where I was involved as well. Awesome. Now, not only do you sing and you rap and you write. 
Um, you also host Cooking with Michelle Lilly, uh, I guess a cooking show on YouTube. Tell me about that. Yes, it's my fun little side gig. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. So uh, it came it came to me during the COVID years. You know, we keep talking mm. about those years, but they're so they're they're always there. I don't think we can ever forget them. Um, right. And we were all, you know, at home and trying to figure out what we're going to do next, what projects, and we were all limited. And you know, as we said, everything was closed, and I wasn't right. touring and everything. And I love. I've always loved to cook um, ever since I was a kid. Everyone in my household always called me Chef Michelle. So it's something that I've always done since I was a kid. And then living in Italy for 10 years, I really, you know, brought my cooking skills to another level. I think, you know, it's one of the culinary capitals of the world. And I learned a lot of tricks of the trade. And I think having, like, Italian grandmas teaching you their authentic tricks really influenced my cooking style. So I said, why don't I share this with the world? And it's something fun that I love to do. And I think, you know, people sometimes see you as a recording artist and they think, oh, she's not human, right? Like, I don't know, I think. I think I wanted people to be like, no, no, but I'm a person just like you, right? They see, like, music videos, they hear songs, but they didn't really see the Michelle at home version. And I thought that was a great way to let people into the behind the scenes almost, the me as a mom, as a wife, as a person. So it it kind of does both. And, um, And why not give them some of my tricks that I've learned along the way and They'll get some recipes, you know, things. And I don't follow recipes. I don't have cookbooks. I don't oh, wow. do any of that. It's just within me. And I add a little of this and a little of that. And if you ask me how many grams of something goes in a recipe, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> so you have to I watch the it. show to really get the recipe. Yeah. You'll get like, you know, pappardelle with seafood or risotto with octopus and whole wheat focaccia and it's like a mediterranean diet and very healthy but it's fun so it's not like steamed broccoli and carrots <laughs> i'm going to have to watch it because i don't cook and i need oh. to yeah i'm gonna do it i'm gonna watch thank it. you thank <laughs> you <laughs> um last thing this is a question that i ask everybody um what are three things you wish you had known before you got into the music industry? Oh, that's a good one. Three things. Um, number one, how you will be the only person to help you. I think a lot of times people always think, oh, so-and-so is going to help me with that, or if I ask so-and-so for help on this, they'll help me. No, they will not. They will look out for their own interests. I learned that the hard way. So I think that's the first one I I would have loved to know, that you you can only count on you, right, to do it. Uh, The second thing is, the second thing is, is I wish someone would have told me that the best music that you make is the ones that you don't try to make. You know, the best songs are the ones that you, that come from the sky, as we discussed earlier, that literally you just wake up in the middle of the night and it's just like a whole chorus comes into your head and you write it down. And the ones that you waste so much time on, oh, I got to get this done or let me make this song that's going to be a hit. If you sit down at the table and say, I'm going to write a hit song, you will not write a hit song. Exactly. Uh, Yes. And then the third thing is, hmm, you got me thinking right now. Um, (laughs) Just believe in yourself. You know, sometimes in this industry, because it's so uh, cutthroat, I think people tend to doubt themselves or they question their art. Is it good enough or am I good enough? And I've, I've asked myself that many times. I've reflected on that. And I think if someone would have told me, you know, just believe in yourself. Yeah. The only person doubting you is you. You are your own worst yeah. enemy. I think that would be the best advice that, that I wish I would have known or told myself earlier. Um, one of the things for me is the biggest thing is that I, well, no, two two things. Working in the music industry, oh, my God, it's so much work. Oh, Lord, it's a lot of work. It's like 24-7. <laughs> and number two, mm-hmm. um, there are a lot of scammers. So it, it's almost like they smell new artists because they latch on to, to them. Oh, I can make you famous. I can do this. I can do that. Basically, people need to do their due diligence. 
research anybody that comes to you and tells you that they can make you a star. I, mean, I don't even if you think they're legit, do some research. Contact people that have that have worked with them because you know music is great, but on the flip side, the business side, it, there are some people that are just not right. <laughs> they're just not. And I've absolutely. I've, you know, starting out in this music industry, I came across a lot of them, and, and I got fooled, bamboozled, as they would say, by a couple. And no more. No more. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't have time it's for that. It's a scary world out there. Woo, it is. Well, Michelle, Lily, thank you so much for being on Chatting with Nat. I am going to watch your food channel. I need to learn how to cook, especially some Italian food. <laughs> I love Italian food. I'm going to post. I'll post a new video tonight. It's uh, vegetarian and gluten-free meatballs. Uh-oh. And I swear they're good and taste just like meat. I'm going to have to tell my friend about that because my friend, um, my BFF, uh, uh, Nikki Smith, who's um, partnered with, with Sisters in Music, she, she has to eat gluten-free food. So I am going to have to send that link to her. Wonderful. Aw, thank you so much. It was so lovely chatting with you. It was like... Um, a best friend sitting on the couch drinking wine. This is the best vibe ever. Thank you. Yes, I love that. No, thank you. Thank you for honoring me with your presence. Um, I oh, like you. My you pleasure. A great vibe, and I love your music. Um, thank you. Likewise. You're an entrepreneur to look up to. So I can't wait to hear more from you and see what's in store for you for, from you. Thank you so much. Likewise, all the best with the show and and keep doing your music. And I love your energy. Keep it up, girl. You're awesome. Thank you, you, Natalie. And thank you, sisters in music. All the best. Ciao. Ciao. Hey, everybody. That was Michelle Lilly. Uh, She's a singer, rapper, and songwriter. You can find her at her official website at michellelilly.com. She's on Instagram, Official. On YouTube, Michelle Lilly TV. She's on Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Apple Music, Tidal. You name it. You t- she's a, she's everywhere. Just and if you can't remember that, remember you can Google. I'm getting a T-shirt that says Google Me. And don't forget to purchase music. I know we can stream it, but we need to make money too. All right, everybody. Until the next time on Chatting with Nat. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day and for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial-grade supplies for every industry with same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help. So you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.